You're listening to audio from Gospel Light Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more of our resources or support our ministry, please visit gospellight.sg. Blessed Father's Day to all the dads here. Now, it's not our culture to make fathers stand up and embarrass you. I know this is not our culture. This is not our Chinese culture. We are very low-key. But if you have a dad next to you who happens to be your husband or your daddy or whatever, just do it your way. Hug them, kiss them, uh, uh, you know, punch them, whatever, all right? And acknowledge them today that, hey, Dad, we appreciate you and you are very, very special to us, all right? Now, to all the dads today, I want you to know that you are really the most important people, not just today. You are the most important people in the world <clears throat> from the time God created men. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not saying something, you know, hyperbolic at this time. Because God made family. The basic unit of all society is family. That's what God created. And good families make good Societies, good societies, make a better world, make a better church. It's all the basic building block of the entire world is made up of families. And God, from the very beginning, ordained families and ordained men to be head of the families. Now, if Satan were given one wish, only one wish, <clears throat> to destroy the world, what do you think he would do? He's quite an intelligent fellow, I would say. <clears throat> what do you think Satan would do? Very simple. One wish. Just attack the deads. Make them useless. And then the rest will crumple. You take away the leader, there's nothing left. Everything hangs on leadership. It doesn't matter whether it's a school, whether it's a gangster group, whether it's a church, everything is about leadership. <clears throat> and you take away the leader, you've got nothing. And so, honestly, from the very beginning of society, from the very beginning of creation, Satan's done a very good job. He's focused. How do I know that? One, he ain't stupid, I know. <clears throat> Second, we can see the results of his work. Fathers, to a very large extent, are not leaders of their families. Fathers are really absentee fathers. Now, in our little newsletter, Jeff wrote, Elder Jeff wrote about, in the US, you know, fathers are not there because of divorce, because of broken homes, single families, etc. You know, it almost looked like, oh, the US has a serious problem. Yeah, thank God we don't have divorces here. Thank God, you know, we don't have too many broken homes here. You know, Satan is smarter than that. You can even be at home all day and still be an absentee father. It's very possible. All Satan wants is the leader to be useless, that's all. He can be around 24-7. <clears throat> he can be not divorced. He can be right there where his kids are. His kids are just one arm's length away. 
but he can make the fathers useless. And I can tell you this. Sorry, dads. Many of you are actually useless. <clears throat> useless. If you were missing, nobody would miss you. <laughs> right? <clears throat> That's the truth. <clears throat> if mommy was missing, oh my goodness, <clears throat> everything breaks down. <clears throat> everything collapses. Daddy gone? It's okay. <laughs> it might even be better. <clears throat> Because having two heads in the house is a big problem. <clears throat> you know, I have to see dad and mom vying for position. <clears throat> civil war is very ugly. <clears throat> it's not in Syria that we have civil wars. It's not in, in funny countries like uh, other countries. Right in our homes, there are civil wars every day. <clears throat> All right? And so, honestly, dads, you have a very important role, but to be very frank and honest with you, you have been really useless, most of you, right? Now, I'm going to speak today as a Father's Day discourse. It's not going to be one of those fancy sermons, you know, exposition from a Puritan speaker, you know, the pure word of God, no nothing. The discourse is an old fellow just talking, all right? Now, I have, I think, enough mistakes in my life. I've been a dad for more than 50 years. I have four kids who I've made mess with in my, my own life. Thank God they've turned out wonderful in spite of my mistakes. I have seven grandchildren. Hopefully, I'm making less mistakes with them. I have thousands of spiritual children who I hope I will make less mistakes with them. <clears throat> All right? So it's a Father's Day discourse, and... I hope that all of you who are not fathers are not going to turn on your cell phone and look at your Instagram now because there's a message for you too, right? Because fathers need your help. They need your help if you're a wife to get them to do their job well. They need your help if you're a kid to help them do their job well. So today's message is for all of you. In fact, the fathering part may be a small part. Right? Well, this message depends on how long I ramble on. Okay? Now, first let's look at the passage in the Bible that tells us the most about family, and that's Ephesians chapter 5. All right? I think it was read early on, if I'm not mistaken. <clears throat> now, we start first with two life principles. I'm going to just give you a few bunches of life principles. And first, we start with two life principles that I think can change your life. <clears throat> Dramatically, right? <clears throat> Number one, give thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Learn to be thankful. <clears throat> and since it's Father's Day, learn to be thankful for your dad. He may be a grumpy old fellow. <clears throat> he may not say a lot of stuff to you. He may not be the most tender, loving dad. <clears throat> but thank God. He's not an alcoholic. Thank God for that. Thank God he's not a wife beater, thank God for that. You know, when you learn to thank God for things, things do look better. You know, the average guy thinks, if something looks good, I thank God. That's the average brain, right? A smarter brain says, <clears throat> when I thank God for things, even when they don't look very good, after I thank God, they look better. <clears throat> Are you following me? All right? When we start to see, you can always find a fault in anything under the sun. 
You can go to the fanciest restaurant and still be very unhappy because you can pick something wrong with that restaurant, that dish, that waitress, that whatever. And you could go to the lousiest, crummiest food court and still be very happy if you learn how to be thankful. <laughs> that there are a whole bunch of kids who don't even have enough to eat and my goodness, this lousy kuei tiao is going to fill my belly. Thank God for that. And you know what? The kuei tiao is going to taste a lot better. And you're going to be a lot happier. Right? So learn to be wise. A wise person doesn't thank when things look good. A wise person thanks so things would look better. <clears throat> and so he will be happier. Right? Very simple rule. You know, like some people say, when I'm happy, I smile. Not very smart guy. When you smile, you'll be happy. Understand? <clears throat> This is from neuroscience, just in case you don't know. This is not found in your Bible, all right? But neuroscience tells you, very simple. When you smile, dopamine and a whole bunch of other neurochemicals come out, all right? God wired us that way, to be thankful for all things, okay? So please, learn to be thankful. Even in your home, where your daddy isn't scoring 8 out of 10, you may score 2 out of 10. Still 2 is pretty good. It could be minus 10, be thankful. Let me tell you, there are a lot of minus 10 daddies in the world. Let me tell you that. Okay? Right? <clears throat> Secondly, another life principle is learn to submit to one another. Why is life such a mess? Everybody wants to be number one. There can only be one number one. Even in home of four, everybody wants to be number one. How? There'll be three unhappy people and number one is being pulled down all the time. And number three are being pushed down all the time. Right? That's why the world is such a mess. Everybody wants to be number one. You know, we have silly fathers who say, I don't need you to be the top student in the class. Just be the top 10%. Then who's going to be the bottom 90%? Right? Imagine you say that to your kid. Just, just the top, I'm not like kind of tiger mom, top 20% only. Then your kid will ask you, Mommy, are you the top 20% cook in Singapore? Are you the top 20 cent mother, mother in Singapore? Is Papa getting the top 20% of the jobs in Singapore? I mean, come on. Just be the best you can be. <clears throat> you don't have to be top 20%. Be what God wants you to be. Know your place. Be thankful. All right? I'm not saying don't be, uh, be lazy, but when we learn to submit to one another, this is a life principle. If you're home, everybody wants to serve one another, help one another, be kind to one another, see the needs of one another, it'll be a nice home. Not rocket science, all right? So two life principles for all of you. Okay, this got, it doesn't matter whether you're in a family or not in a family, these are life principles. Okay, let's now move on to be a bit more specific. The wife principle. <clears throat> a moment, moment after submitting one another comes out the wife principle. Now, some people say, hey, you know why? Huh? God said the wife submit first. You know why? God put it wise first because wives never submit. I don't think so. <clears throat> I don't think so. All right? It just simply flows from, from the verse before that. Huh? Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then next verse, wives submit. So it's not because wives are so complicated they don't want to submit. And that's why God attacked them first before the husband. I've heard that preaching before. You see? God addressed women first. All women not submissive one, you know. That's why 
Uh, yeah, they never read verse 21, that's why, right? So, actually, it's just a flow. The Bible is a flow. It's a letter written, all right? So, wives submit your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to every, in everything to their husbands. Notice the word submit how many times? <clears throat> three verses. Three times, ah. Huh? You see, you wives never submit. That's why God said three times to you, you must submit. Right? <clears throat> That's male chauvinistic preaching. Huh? Now, <clears throat> the truth is, the truth is, when women married a guy, they married someone they could wanted to look up to. Hey, you all know fairy tales, right? The princess looked for the hero, right? So the hero, they can follow the hero, right? You, don't, you didn't look for a boy to take care of, right? Any of you look for a husband so you've got a boy to take care of? None of you, right? Oh, I chose my husband. He's so cute, I can mother him all my life. There may be a few weird people like that here, right? But the majority married a guy who to be the head. Why? Because God wired them that way. All right? Every storybook is like that. Why? Why do storybooks sell? Because that's in our DNA, which God created us. Women look up, found a man, and instinctively look to a husband to lead them. So the submission part is actually DNA in women. <clears throat> but is that the reality? Is that the reality? Probably not. Now, firstly you ask, why should a man be the head? Some feminists would ask that. I say, I don't know. You ask God. <laughs> One day I go to heaven and say, God, why you make me the head? Why not my wife? Easier, no. You should do all the things. I like just sit down and shake leg, right? The head always got trouble, right? Got headache, right? It's God they chose. Simple as that. Why did God choose? Because everything must have one head. Logical, right? Sometimes if you see, go to the zoo, a turtle with two heads. Have you seen that one? I always wondered where they turn to when they reach the corner. <laughs> left turtle say turn left, right turtle say turn right, and die lah. <laughs> Anything with two heads, sure, die lah. Okay, I don't care what it is. Bus driver, two bus driver with two steering wheel, die lah. Bang, already lah, right? But you know what? Most homes have two heads. It's a problem. Now, sometimes you read newspapers, Civil War, what, two presidents, you know? One just lost the presidency, the other one, one and then two start to fight. What, die lah. But there's nothing new, man. Every day in a home, there's a problem. Who is the head? Now, you, one moment ago, PC said, women look up to the man, want the man to be the head. Then next moment he said, women sabotage the man. Why? <laughs> and try to do a coup d'etat. Several reasons, right? Several reasons. Number one, women today are well-educated. Often in academia, they do better than men. That's very common. Right? I always believe academia is designed by women, right? <clears throat> because it's more stationary. <clears throat> so, for many women, they feel now that I am better qualified than my husband. That's fact. And that's true in many homes. But it's got nothing to do with qualifications. Most of you are better qualified than your boss, right? True or false? Uh, 
Sometimes your boss, primary three also never pass. <coughs> Stupid guy, can't even speak properly. <coughs> Why BBA and US, you know? But he's your boss, so you just shut up, right? <coughs> you give your suggestions, he decides, he decides. You don't have a problem in the office, right? <coughs> but at home, you, many have a problem. They forgot. In the, bo- in the office, you know, the guy's called boss, right? But in the home, you don't call him boss. So you forgot. Someone did appoint him a long time ago to be head. And you could be much better qualified, much smarter. That's got nothing to do with it. It's not about qualifications, it's about appointment. So number one. Number two. Very interesting. Mothers have an instinct for mothering. Right? All mothers are DNA to be mothers. That's how God made us, made women. What's mothering? Mothering is to see a little child and correct him as fast as you can. Right? Mothers are very good at that. Hey, your hair didn't comb properly. Hey, you didn't brush teeth this morning. Hey, you sure you never tuck in properly. <coughs> Instinctive. That's your job. You mother. What is mothering? You teach. How do you teach? As fast as possible, at the right time. But the problem is, the mothering instinct is inside, but it's not for your husband. A lot of blur faces here. (laughs) My goodness, am I so complicated? (laughs) And there's some, I almost want to say the word stupid, excuse me. eh? Husbands who call their mothers, their wives, mommy. I almost, my hair stands up immediately. <laughs> Whatever you do, you cannot be your mommy, all right? You can suck your thumb, you can wear your diapers. She's your wife, get it? She will never be your mommy, all right? And there are some, again, morons, who call their wife mommy, and then they get angry when mommy mothers them. <clears throat> She's always your wife, get it? And in GLCC, she's always your girlfriend, get it? Every time I go to GLCC, Pastor, meet my wife. I say, your girlfriend, right? No, my ex-girlfriend. I say, come here. In GLCC, all right? She's now your wife. But in GLCC, we teach you that you always caught her as your girlfriend. Wow, pastor, you give this kind of new rules. Huh? You know why? I want you to be happy. What were the happiest days of your life? When you were courting, lah, right or not? Wow, talk on the phone, hee hee ha ha. Wait at the bus stop three hours, don't get angry, hee hee ha ha. You know? Wow. Everything hee hee ha ha. Eat rubbish food also, hee hee ha ha. It's the happiest days of your life. Why you stop it? You stupid or what? The day you get married, you stop courting. Why? You want to be unhappy? Ah? Why are men so stupid? They want to be babies. They think they're smart. All right? Let's not be stupid. They were the best days of your life, and they can still be the best days of your life. Why not? Right? But never your mommy, your wife, yes. Hopefully your girlfriend that you caught you treasure the princess you loved, all right? But never your mommy. But you know what? 
You've got to help your wives. When they try to mother you, you say, honey, you're a great mom. You're a great mom. We appreciate how you mother our kids. Right? And just leave it at that. I hope after this message, they got it. Wives, got it? Don't use your mothering instinct on the wrong people. <laughs> got it? Don't go to your boss and say, hey, your shirt not out properly. Hey, 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 why are you like that? Why you did say this? Why you say that? Well, your boss said you got something wrong with you. And by home, you do it. Because your husband's too polite to stop you. <clears throat> right? Let pastor do it for you, all the husbands here. Happy or not, you guys? <laughs> all right? All you say, honey, I appreciate you mothering the children. I hope the rest they hear pastor PC's voice, all right? That don't mother me lah, okay? I'm not a baby lah, all right? In my shirt, tuck out a little bit. No need to worry too much, ah, all right? It's my personality, all right? <laughs> okay? <clears throat> now, third thing. Third thing, all right? This is this course, ah. Women are more emotional. That's normal, right? God made woman from the rib of man. You know where's the rib? Right? Next to the heart. Huh? Okay? Man is the head. Where's the head? Here. Where's the rib? Here. Got it? And women are meant to be more emotional. They feel more. And when you're emotional, you react. You react strongly. You react passionately, which is good. It acts a balance between head and heart, and every home should have a good balance, head, heart, right? And women are emotional. And so this is what a typical scenario is like. Let me share with you, all right? A wife sees a YouTube or something on Korea, let's just say, all right? Holiday on Jeju Island or whatever. <clears throat> and you say, hey, hey, this Juna, we go to Jeju Island. Huh? <clears throat> you know, she's very, very excited about it because that's emotion. Emotion reacts quickly. It's excited, which is good. And then she asks her husband, shall we go? Shall we go? And husband, of course, is the head. How does the head do? Think. Jeju. Check Google. Wajuna. $1,000 ticket. Five kids. 7000 Every tourist site so crowded in Jeju. June, peak season, two million people there. Wow. Ticket also expensive. Everything so expensive. Restaurant wait two hours. So he's thinking, you know, he's agonizing, you know, to tell the wife. He's calculating, but he don't want to look stingy. All husbands have to like drama a bit, right? So he says, let me think about it. And the wife says, my husband, pastor, cannot make decision one, no. I don't know why. Four days, we're still talking, thinking about holiday, you know. He's like, he doesn't want to be the head of the house. I expect my head to lead. I expect the head to make decision. Four days, he still can't make a decision on one stupid holiday. She gets all excited, and then she decides, coup d'etat. Hey, kids, you like Jeju, right? So, vote. Six to one, Jeju. <clears throat> of course, lah. All the rest also emotional, what, right? <clears throat> Holiday, why not? Papa pay, what, right? <clears throat> so after two, three times coup d'etat, what do you think the man would do? So, any decision you decide, lah. 
You decide lah. I think also you decide in the end, right? True or false? Is it true or false? In most homes, you can go to nine out of ten homes, the wife makes the decision. True or false? Very weak, true lah. You man got no guts lah, all right? This is a gutless church, all right? Men should speak up, all right? Say true! All right? What's wrong with you guys? Even you can't make decisions, at least have guts, all right? So after a while, the man has been overturned three, four times, lost face three, four times. He decides, up to you, law. This is standard everywhere. Where you have to eat, up to you, law. Where you go, up to you, law. In other words, kudita took place, de facto already. New head. But is that a happy solution? No. Wife always grumble. My husband never make decision, no, Pastor. He always preach man head, but he not head, no, Pastor. Then my husband comes to me, Pastor, my wife uh, never submit one. No. <laughs> but the two never talk. So they expect me to talk for them. That's why I'm here today, all right? <laughs> okay? Get it, all right? Please get it, all right? It may be funny, but it is true. Okay? So remember, huh? Heart, emotional, reacts quickly. Head takes time to do calculation. Calculation takes time, okay? Especially a lot of factors, you know. Uh, they, they want to, the, the more your husband's smart, the more he thinks, okay? You ask Cheng Hu, they take, you know, some Cheng Hu people take months to make a decision, right? Because a lot of factors, right? <clears throat> now, this is something that you have to, but men don't come and say, hey, Pastor, my wife's so emotional. I say, cool, what? you married a woman, what? what's wrong with you? You marry a man different, lah, but don't marry men, lah, okay? <clears throat> you see, you marry a wife, she is emotional. You just understand that, right? And you learn how to work around the facts, right? Honey, I know you feel very strongly about Jeju. I know these things, but, you know, we do have budgets to work on. We do have responsibilities. We do have these things. Talk kindly and talk nicely and gently to your wife, all right? Don't be a coward, all right? Speak up, Okay? And when you learn to speak up and speak kindly and learn to discuss, things will be better. All right? So, wives, don't sabotage the leadership with your husband. I know you don't mean to do it. But these are things that you subconsciously, because of your education, because of your mothering instinct, because you react quickly, you are have to be careful that the devil doesn't fan those things <clears throat> and take advantage of our weaknesses. Okay? All right? Simple, huh? Wife, one, sub, one principle here. Eh? Submit. Well, now come to the man part. All the men here are oh, sitting up. Wow, oh, I hate eh? <laughs> Don't play, play. I'm the boss now. <clears throat> well, thanks, PC. Okay? <clears throat> Husbands, Love your wife as a boss. <laughs> no? Love your wife as Christ loved the church. You are a boss. You're a leader. What kind of leader? Servant leader. Oh, Lord, this is not what I thought. <laughs> I thought I boss. <laughs> yes, your boss as Christ is our head. What kind of head is he? Servant 
leader. If you like to count words, uh, you go to the Bible. Uh, English word, uh, you put servant. Maybe about 900 times. Depends on which version you use. Right? If you put leader, how many times do you find in the Bible? Guess. 10 times less. Got it? All right? So what is God always trying to teach us? We lead by serving. As Christ served us. That's why we follow him. That's why we want to follow this leader called Christ. Because he served us. He came. He left heaven's glory. He came as a, the creator of the universe. Came as a man. So he could die for our sins. God cannot die. God cannot suffer. God cannot bleed. As man he could. He God became man, God-man, to go on the cross to serve us. You see, so when we realize we're head, what kind of head must we always be? Servant, leader. You're the head. And what kind of head are you going to be? One that serves your wife. Concerned for her feelings, concerned for her needs, Kind to ask, <clears throat> ask our opinions. But finally, the man makes the decision. Must any good boss in the company the same? Ask the architect, ask the accountant, ask the HR, get everything, and then the boss has to make a decision, right? The head has to finally decide. But you listen, you listen kindly, you ask the right questions. All right. So number one, boss, you have a right to be a boss because. You are going to serve your family. Now, it's very hard for many of us who grew up in a very cultural setting where the man does nothing. He just provides for his family. Very common. His job just provides. At home, just sit there like a tauke, don't move. Everybody serves him. He does nothing to help. That's not the way we should be. All right? So principle number one is the same as principle number two. Principle number two is for those people not very spiritual. Love as Christ loved the church. Well, very blurred. They act blurred. They don't know how Christ loved the church. So we come to principle number two, which is the same. Love your wife as your own body. Right? Very simple. This one everybody knows. If I walk, I kick something, my toe fracture. Stupid, ugly little black little toe of mine. It fractures. What do you do when your toe fractures? What do you do? Curse your toe? Oh, Allah, all of a sudden you realize what a precious toe I have. You go x-ray, this angle, that angle, ask a doctor to help your toe, put your toe up, all right? Every day you talk about your toe. <clears throat> Why? It's part of you. What? If the toe don't work, I cannot function. <clears throat> One stupid toe, I cannot get my work done. I cannot move, I cannot go cycling, I cannot play. All right? One stupid toe and I'm done. Why do we treat our little toe which we forgot completely about <clears throat> so precious? Because now it's got a problem and that problem affects me. <clears throat> Now, when you have a problem with your wife, don't say, Shh, are you, I have a problem with my wife. You say, I have a problem with my life. Get it? 
Because her problem will be your problem. <coughs> because there's no more me, it's we now. Are you following me? <coughs> Alright, she's a part of you. And everything that she is not functioning well, she's unhappy, drags you down. It's not her problem, it's my problem. And my job is not to say you are a problem, you told you stupid problem, <coughs> but my job is to fix the toe. <clears throat> so, what do we do as husbands when we have a problem wife, like a problem toe? What do you do? Complain? Make it any better? No. Do everything you can. Everything in your means to help your wife be better. Why? Because even you're selfish and not spiritual, you will do it. That's, you know, God brings down the argument so low that even the most selfish fellow in the world can grasp this. How can you have a happy family when your wife is not happy? How can you have a family that's functioning when there's war in your home? Cannot. Who suffers? I also suffer. So, every effort must be made to help that wife who you think is a problem to get better. Right? So it's never me and you. Sorry, when you get married, throw the me away. It's we. Alright? Unless you're not a believer, you believe anything don't work, divorce. Anything don't work, divorce, divorce. Alright? We don't believe that. We believe there are a lot of things in the world you, there's a throwaway society but not marriage. <clears throat> and so, we believe marriage is forever, and my toe is always my toe, <clears throat> and I'm going to take care of it best I know how. Okay? So, husbands, servant leader, alright? Just remember that. Servant, serve. <clears throat> Number two, know me. Why oh, like that, pastor? Oh, Okay? When you, a pastor person comes and tell his wife is a problem, I say, you have a problem, come here. <clears throat> All right? And you need to solve the problem. Now, as a leader, you must take the lead, right? Initiative is yours. Whenever there's a quarrel, who must be the first to say sorry? No quarrel, I got 100%, one person wrong, one, the other person zero. There's no such thing. Could be 99 and one, no. Maybe your wife starts to scream because your, your face is a bit angry that day. You also got 1%. What must you do if you have a 1% error? If you're the 1% wrong guy, you're the leader, what must you do? Pastor, she's mostly wrong, what? Why should I say sorry? It's her problem, what? Why should you say sorry? Even if you're 1% wrong. Because you're the leader. You need to fix things. Are you following me? In a company, if the company is collapsing, the welders fall, what? The accountants fall. If, friend, you're the CEO, go and fix it. Even if it's the accountant's fault, you fix it, CEO. Get it? The head must move. The head must take initiative. Now, every time there's a quarrel, I expect you men, even if you're 1% in error and your wife is 99, in your opinion, you go and say, honey, I was sorry. For that sour look I had two weeks ago and made you like this now. And then start the conversation. 
When the war is lost, the general is responsible. When a company goes bankrupt, the CEO is responsible, not the welder, not the, the gatekeeper, not the everything. Get it? All right? The head takes the lead. So you're not just a servant leader. You're a real leader. You take the lead. Nobody should leave a quarrel unfixed. Nobody should leave a problem in the family unfixed. And the leader must be the one to take the initiative. Got it, guys? Well, not a single knot here. <clears throat> oh, like that, honey. Right? Because you're not doing it. I know it because I've been a pastor long enough to know. It's her fault, my pastor. It's her fault. This is your home, boss. And this is your home that's messed up. You fix it, understand? God's going to count you accountable. Right? If it's not fixed. Okay? So, husband principle, huh? Love your wife. Serve as a servant. Take initiative when things are not well. Don't sit there and wait. All right? All right. So, summary. Summary or spousal principle. Two, two very simple. Wife submit, husband love. Ten commandments, most of you cannot remember, right? Ten commandments, cannot. Vic, can you remember the ten commandments? Even ten also cannot, right? Two can? Two can? Wife, only one rule for you, submit. Husband, only one rule, love. I think we can handle that. Three-point sermon, sometimes cannot, right? Child principle. Are you kids here? Or not many kids in this service, right? Child principle, very simple. Obey your parents in the Lord, for that is right. Not obey your right parents. Most parents are imperfect. We just obey them. Just like your boss, he often makes dumb decisions. You obey why? Simple as that. Right? We obey our parents because that's what God expects from us. Why does God do that? Because it trains us for the most important principle in life that goes in third verse. Then it may go well with you and then you may live long in the land. You say, what's that got to do? I, I obey my parents, I live longer. You can live eternal, you know, if you obey your parents. You say, what? Really? Of course. When you learn to respect authority, you come to church, you learn to respect the pastor. You learn to respect the word of God. You learn something called, it's very difficult for children to learn, it's called respect. Children are by nature, all of us are sinners by nature, we like to rebel, we don't like to be under authority of anything or anyone. But by learning to be under authority to our parents, we usually learn how to be authority unto authorities over us. <clears throat> including the pastor. Including your people ahead of you who teach you, your Sunday school teacher. Now, if you can't obey your parents, you'll probably go to Sunday school like, ah, so this teacher is ah, so irritating, so slow, so boring, you know. <clears throat> That's your attitude. And the chances are, you won't live long anyway. If you can't respect your parents, you probably won't respect the teachers, you won't respect authorities, you won't respect the police, you won't respect anybody. You won't respect your boss. You won't even respect traffic rules, and you'll get banged and you die. It's very common sense, all right? So it's a very common truth. Obeying your parents is a very important thing. 
for learning life. Life is always about order. When God created the world, he created order. Order is about submitting to authority. All right? So you first learn that by obeying your parents. Okay? I won't go so much into that because today is not children's day, today is Father's Day. All right? But just learn that. Fathering principles. What time have I got? Okay. Do not provoke your children to anger. Okay? That's the first thing. In fathers dealing with children, don't provoke them to anger. How do you provoke children to anger? By your attitude, often. Your unharsh tone, unnecessarily harsh. Why? Many fathers are bossy. They talk to their kids. That's like, <laughs> you know, you go to a company where their boss treats you like dirt. You're not likely to stay there very long. Right? So, though you are the head of the house, don't provoke them by unnecessarily harsh words. Sometimes you need to be harsh, but un don't be unnecessary. Don't provoke them to anger by always picking faults. How do you like to go to work and your boss never thank you for anything you do, but pick every little fault you do? And some fathers are very, why are you always like that? Why are you like that? And the kids say, you know, Dad, for six months I've been a good kid. I fall down one time. I do one this thing. You, get, you, you guys help me. For what? Right? So don't. Don't provoke them unnecessarily. Don't provoke them by, you know, comparing them with someone else. Why oh, you're like that? Are you so short? You see your cousin so tall. Then your son say, hey, my jeans from who? Ah? <laughs> it's as if like he can decide to be tall or short. Why you ask? Why you, why you provoke me like that? You provoke with siblings, you provoke with comparison. I'm different. This is who I am, all right? Sometimes we provoke them because we get angry with them and we just take our frustration out on them. <clears throat> it's so childish. Pa, I'm still a child, pa. <laughs> I'm three years old, pa. <clears throat> you know, we say stupid statements like that, okay? And very often, oh, when I was young, I walked 10 miles to school. I go hiking a bit, you scold me now. I go out with my friend, you scold me. Then you walk 10 miles, your father never scold you up. You know? you know, all this kind of stuff. Why do we need to provoke them? That's not necessary. Okay? So what's our job, actually? Basically, the next line. Discipline and instruction. Can we combine the two words? Disciple them. Disciple them. The best way for fathering your kid is leave them an example. Because nothing is more powerful than a life example. You can say, why are you always like that? Why are you always lose temper? Then you lose temper. It's no point. You don't have to say a word about Controlling your temper. By control your temper yourself, Dad. And he will learn. He'll learn that when things go wrong, you don't shout. Why? Because my dad was like that. The best thing you can do is leave them an example of loving their mother. And one day, they'll have a home where they'll be loved because he will love his wife. That's the best example. 
want to have a home that there is submission because Papa learns to serve. He, my son, watch me serve. <clears throat> and he realizes nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's a good thing. I like my Papa to take care of my Mama. <clears throat> I like my Papa to be kind to Mama. And you know what? Without saying a word, you can disciple them. Discipline is not do this, do this, do this, do this. It's about your life. Spiritually, how do you disciple a kid? Oh, Sunday, I've got to go hiking. Uh, you know, every Sunday. Yeah. Don't go to church. Uh, I've got hiking. Uh, you know. Then one day, your kid never wants to go to church. And you say, hey, I told you uh, Sunday must go to church. He looks at your example. What happens? You never really bothered with church. You never put church as a priority. You never read the Bible. You expect me to read the Bible. You never treat mommy well. You expect me to treat my parents well, you know, disciple your kids with your life. Every time you do anything at home, ask yourself this question. How is that impacting the next generation and the next generation? The best legacy you can give your kids is a good example of being a good husband. A serving husband. A husband who takes initiative, who communicates, who doesn't abdicate. <laughs> a husband, a dad who set spiritual examples for me. Always could see daddy praying. Could see daddy opening his Bible and reading it. See daddy serving you know what? That's enough. You don't need too many how-tos. Just your life. But I want to end by saying this. All this is very easy. I can all complete everything in 30, 40 minutes. But it's a journey. And can I encourage the church, all right, that some of you have realized how difficult it is to be a good dad. It's a journey. We are surrounded by bad examples, which we had, bad culture, which is around us. Some of you may have this ministry of wanting to have a dad's ministry. We have all kinds of ministries. Bible study this, Bible study this, you know, uh, cycling ministry, ping pong ministry, English ministry. What about a dad's ministry? I think dads need help. I think dads need partners, accountability partners. I think this is a very necessary, in fact, it's a critical ministry. Solid fathers, solid families. Solid families, solid churches, solid society. So some of you, I hope, at the end of this message is, yes, dads' ministry is important. I think I can be a part of a dad's ministry. I made enough mistakes like PC. He made 50 years of mistakes. I made enough mistakes. I can share. I can share the struggles, right? So I hope at the end of it all, you will look at fathering all you dads as a very important ministry. Do it well. Leave another generation of great daddies behind. May God bless you. Let's have a word of prayer.
Lord, we thank you for all the deads here. We know the devil is real. We know there is sinful nature in us, so quick to fall and do dumb things. But Lord, we pray that you guide us as dads to realize what a critical ministry we have. You don't have to be so spiritual. Not all of us are going to be pastors. Not all, not all of us are going to be missionaries. But many of us are dads. And we pray that you will help us as a church to come up and have an important ministry that helps dads become better dads. Hear our prayer, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.